hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, hon. Welcome to this episode of From Huns to Humans, brought to you by ThriveMind. Whether you're at a crossroads with your career, wanting to scale your side hustle, or want to start a new business, there are places down the road to change where you might feel stuck and need the experienced help of someone who has been there. Enter ThriveMind. ThriveMind is both a boutique marketing company for your small business, and most importantly, a coach and advocate to help you get your small business off the ground effectively and sustainably. Allie Heatherly, former Avon Hun and anti-MLM advocate, is the principal of ThriveMind and has 10 years of experience in business operations and can give you the tools to reach your goals. Visit thrivemindllc.com today to schedule your free no-commitment call to help jumpstart your side hustle, business, or career change today. That's thrivemindllc.com to make the big change today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I am so excited today to have my friend Julie Anderson on the show. Um, I have been stalking her TikTok for I don't even know how long uh, it's been now. But we both um, made TikToks in like the same week about throwing away our MLM products. And then we saw each other's stuff and um, we've just been interacting with each other ever since. And I'm so excited um, to like create this new non-transactional friendship with you, Julie. <laughs> yeah, same. Ditto. <laughs> so do you want to tell us... Um, just tell us your story. What happened? How did you get started in it? Was Monet your first one or yes. were, okay. Your first, first and only? Only and last. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> we love to see that. <laughs> I feel yeah, like so yeah. many of us have been like, usually um, it takes like three to five is what Roberta Blevins usually says before yeah. you start to see uh, all of the problems. Cause you yeah. think it's you. So it's really, I like get excited when somebody's only been in one. Cause I'm like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I caught you. <laughs> I, I wish it had have only been one that was a, long, a less period of time because I went so deep down the rabbit hole and spent tens of thousands of dollars. And I will, you know, I, I mean, you can, 
justify it by saying, oh, I learned my lesson in that. But it's, I mean, there's sometimes you've just made a mistake, big mistake, and you've got to admit it, you know, and, and I'm, that's what I'm hoping. I'm, I mean, I'm admitting it now and I'm hoping yeah. that if I speak openly about it, maybe it'll help someone else out too. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so how did you get introduced to Monet? Okay. So it was 2017 and I was, I was trying to get a job. But I wasn't, I didn't get sucked in, um, like to become a market partner. That was what they call their distributor, like selling the business or whatever. My friend was posting on Facebook and her hair is, is beautiful. She's got thick, gorgeous hair and I was losing hair. And so I thought, well, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to try these products. So I just like surreptitiously like placed an order through her. And I was one of the people, so this is 2017. I had like really great results right away. And I've since learned from listening to especially like uh, your interview, your last interview with uh, Roberta Blevins on life after MLM, which was really awesome, by the way, people should definitely listen to that. <laughs> um, is that if you've been using really crap shampoo and then you go to something even moderately better, you notice a big difference. And that was me. Like I noticed a huge difference. I'd always use really cheap stuff. I had good results. My hair started growing. I could never grow my hair past my shoulders, grew past my shoulders. So I'm like, this is awesome. People started commenting. So at the time I was uh, training full-time as a triathlete. So I'd be swimming, biking, running, um, swimming at the pool, like, you know, four or five times a week. And people noticed they're like, Oh, what are you using? Your hair looks really good. So I thought, well, I could be selling this stuff to make some extra money. I had no idea about the whole recruiting to recruit. I was still really blind to that. I thought, oh, I'll just buy this, have it in my gym bag and make 40 bucks. And very quickly I had people sign up with me and start selling. So as I've learned in um, a lot of network marketing, mar multi-level marketing, you have that three month kind of place to earn a lot of money in Monade, it's called smart start. And so, um, I, I did the first month, I didn't really make anything, but the second and third month I was making like 5,500 bucks a month. I had, it was like, it was good. Right. But then I'm like the fourth month I had like nothing. And then I, it, I thought, well, what's, what's going on? Like, I, I have to actually keep going, right. It's not just going to be, you're going to be financially free, right. These were the words that started to kind of percolate in. So that's how I got like started into it, but I still didn't really understand like what was going on. I just knew that I was posting on Facebook. I made a business page, started making content. People were loving the products and I was making money. Yeah. And that's like what I think I, a lot of people, um, notice is that the first, like three months is usually when your warm market is the best. And that's when you're going to get all of your sales if you get any. Yeah. Um, so after that fourth month hit, were you ever able to recover or were you no. constantly chasing? I was constantly chasing. And this is something that I'd like uh, to see more ex like explored within the anti-MLM community is the coaching aspect. So these companies that are set outside of MLM, but they're populated with people within various MLM communities because we're doubly enmeshed. So we're not only in with the indoctrination of our current company, but then also with all these other people. And it feels good. There's like great training and stuff like that. So I came across, I don't know whether it was a Facebook ad or whether it was just a video, but it was designed like 
for network marketers, right? And it was giving you all, all these tips and advice about how to create content, right? How to write a curiosity post, how do you send a prospecting message without it being really schmoogly? And I thought, oh, this is amazing. Like if I was like totally walked into the funnel, right? If this is what's being offered for free, how amazing will it be if I join this group and let pay, right? So I just followed the path like, like everybody else did. And it was great. I got into that group and I learned a lot, but I didn't understand that there was like the dark side of it all as well. So daily trainings, you have to show up and you have to like take in this extra information and it, and it could be videos. It could be tasks. Some of them are good tasks. It could be like, go out today and like buy somebody a coffee for free and don't expect anything in return. And then just like leave or do something like that. Um, some of them were like, send out, you know, 500 prospecting messages or, you know, whatever it was, but I didn't understand that that was, you know, you have to do these things every day, keeping really busy to not have you think and be, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on the segue. Sorry, Danielle. It's okay. Um, yeah. So what I wanted to comment on was that, I, and you know, I haven't talked about this, but that like doing acts of kindness thing that MLMs are so into. I haven't thought about this before, but that is absolutely another manipulation tactic because you're doing something good because of the MLM. They told you to go out and do that, but then you get all of those happy chemicals and you're like, well, I wouldn't have felt like this if it wasn't for Monet. Yes. Um, And like, I wouldn't have done all this good stuff. Like I wouldn't be such a good person if it wasn't for Monet. And first of all, doing, doing a random act of kindness, if you will, and being told to do that random act of kindness is not random. (laughs) People think that that, like, it's not the same as just being like seeing the mom in front of you at the grocery store that is ten dollars short on our grocery bill and being like you know what I got this don't worry about it like that's different than being like hey you know what how about everybody go out and do this and also if you want to slip your business card yes like somewhere like you know like yes and and when you're buying somebody a coffee like if you're doing it through the drive-thru obviously you're not going to be like here hand this business card to the person in the car behind me like that'd be really weird but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) But like, you know, it's just, it's just not genuine. People have this like genuine feeling about it, but it's not, it's very manufactured. Yeah. And and that's the, the contradictions were present from the beginning, even um, doing something like that, but I couldn't I still thought, well, it's still okay. This is what you have to do in order to be successful. And I would, because I have an endurance athlete background, I'd think, oh, I understand this. You have to keep working. You have to work 10 years in order to get really good. So that's how I would keep kind of like doing that self-indoctrination. They also did like a lot about gratitude. I really like how you just pointed out how um, like using that feel good, like um, giving things away. And then, but also gratitude is used as like, if it wasn't for this coaching, if it wasn't for this company, I wouldn't be like this. Everything, your identity is attributed to the multi-level marketing company, to Monet. And I felt, I loved it. I drank up the love bombing. 
I had people when I first got in, like joined the Facebook group and there was Facebook groups upon, upon Facebook groups, upon Facebook groups is so much. And, and I was, what, why are there so many groups? Why is this so complicated? But again, I'll just squash that. And, and then welcome to the group. Welcome. You just hit this next rank. Welcome. Uh, you know, this next person and I'm following what is, what I, what's being done to me. And by degrees, I'm turning into an asshole. Like I was like talking to people, like I would never, I was coaching athletes at the time and there's no way I would ever speak to my athletes. Like I was to people on my team. And it was oddly enough, like through this one, uh, online coaching group that I found was they're like, you, you can't talk to people that way. Like, uh, they said 80% of people don't want to make a business. You know, I'm, I don't know if you've heard this, which is, I mean, it's just manufactured. That's just made up. That's just to promote, but it, but that actually made me have the self-awareness to be like, I'm being a dick to people. So there's like, there's good. This is what's so challenging is that there's so much good and it's wrapped up in so much bad. Yes. That, that's one of the issues that I have with, um, so there are groups of higher ranking or maybe they're not high ranking there, but there are leaders in network marketing that are running quote unquote therapy groups with their teams. Oh yeah. Therapy talks and things like that. And I was yes. like, there is so many problems with this because mm healing is so powerful and so important. And, you know, like I want everyone to heal. I want everyone to find inner peace and to find joy in their life and be able to feel their emotions and all that stuff. However, when you're healing and all of these positive things that are going on in your life are interwoven with a cult. Yes. When you wake up and you figure out that it's a cult, and that you were manipulated, all of that potentially gets questioned. And yes. how are you supposed to move forward? And how are you supposed to actually heal once your like healing was interwoven with trauma? It's so complicated. Bingo. Bingo. I, I, uh, as part of that group, I started, I started doing a live video, at least one live video every day on Facebook. And by this time I had a business page at Instagram. Um, I was kind of on LinkedIn and I did a live video every day for three and a half years, Christmas every day. It didn't matter if I was traveling, if it was at 11 50 PM at night, I was doing a live video every day. So, and by doing that, I'm like, that is definitely something that is just, it's really transformative. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's horrible. I wish I hadn't done it, but at the same time, I mean, showing up like that on social media all the time, I mean, you do get good at video, right? You're going to get better at like creating content and that, but we're taught to leverage our vulnerability. And I leveraged like trigger warning for anybody, um, trying like to unalive myself when I was in my early twenties slipped my wrist, didn't work out, got stitches. And so I would start speaking about that. And I'm wanting to attract people to me based on that. And I see that this is what's really gross right now is I'm, I'm like, I knew that I, now that I'm out, I, December 23rd official, like I sent my resignation letter into Monet, but it's, so it's still quite new. Thank you. <laughs> but it's only now that I'm recognizing people using keywords highly intelligent, creative, um, compassionate, really amazing people using words like alcohol, rehab, PTSD, sobriety, 
in their content that they're making every day, in their um, branding that they're using on Instagram to attract people to them. If I think anybody that's gone through any kind of like uh, like addiction program or whatever, not like talking about, not creating content about sobriety every day. It's just like what MLMs do in order to attract you to us, in order to get you to buy a product and recruit you. And we think we're doing the right thing. And when you said um, how, when you start having that awareness and it all falls away, I don't, I'm like, how in the hell do I start reconciling that? You know? Right. I don't know. I'm still, I'm still in it. Yeah. And I think that you make a really good point with saying like, you know, and like, there are obviously certain accounts that are geared towards education around sobriety or whatever. And that like, that's the purpose of the account. The purpose of the account isn't to sell you something like there is such a big difference between somebody harnessing their story and using it to sell something or sharing their story online as part of their healing journey. Like this podcast is about yes. Or like versus trying to use your story to get people to buy things from you. Yes. That's the issue. Like if people want to share their story, like that's awesome. If you are ready to share that's fantastic. Like, and I hope that you find healing within sharing your story and share it appropriately. But like, don't use it to make people buy things from you. (laughs) Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Another thing that is uh, like the oversharing and then lack of boundaries. So a lot of you're taught to um, love every comment instead of like, because love is more powerful and it's going to, you always want engagement on your posts, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, right? But Facebook is like predominantly where I was doing a lot of prospecting and a lot of work. And what I found, this is that feel felt found. I'm still trying to get rid of this lexicon. That's like so deep into my bones of how I speak using all the MLM lingo. But what I found is I started getting into big trouble when I moved over onto TikTok. So when I went onto TikTok, I made it a point that I wasn't going to talk about my business. Thank God I did that. I have no idea. I'm like, I'm like thinking there's, I did something right about that. I got a lot of pushback from people uh, within my coaches, um, within the MLM community, because I wasn't posting about my business saying that I'm like not courageous, all, just this usual kind of weird stuff. But as I was like, I'm using the same kind of thing. I'm like loving every comment because you have to love it. I got to respond to every DM. Well, there's people on there. Like TikTok is the wild west. Like I, there is, I got into like serious stalker issues. I had, it was, it was out of this world. I was like MLMs. There was, I don't know whose, whose podcast I listened to, but there was that one woman that was sharing about her experience doing the same thing, sharing, always communicating, always liking everybody's posts. And then I had that horrible interaction with that dude that like yep. got all these women into this hotel room and had them do this fashion show thing. I'm like, people would be listening to that. Like, how could you be so stupid? How could you do that? But it's not logical because it's not a business model. It's a cult. You right. by degrees, you just fool yourself and you get fooled and you start acting in ways that you wouldn't otherwise act if you had time to think about it. So as I'm responding to all these DMs, as I'm lo- loving all these comments, people are forming like these weird parasocial relationships with me and I'm not aware of it. I'm just banging through the comments as quickly as I can because I'm thinking, all right, this is going to potentially funnel them over onto Facebook where I do talk about my business. So my, you know, thank goodness I wasn't like going on about TikTok because I had a lot of followers that have said like, I'm so glad you're not doing money now. Like I was going to not follow you. Right. So as I was responding to all these comments, um, I had this one, I'm going to give you, this as a really creepy story. 
there was this one guy that was always like commenting and I, and he'd be first. So it's like, Oh, the first person you're going to just show them love, 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 you know, just love. Oh, thanks. Good morning or whatever. And he said this one time I'm typing really quickly. This is meaningless to me. I am just banging out responses as quickly as possible. Now I'm more intentional about it. Now I'm like, really, I'm like, okay, I could just say, yeah, but it's, I'm not doing it to every single person. Yeah. I put good morning. And instead of hitting the exclamation mark on my like little keyboard on my phone, I accidentally hit the small letter L, which I do quite frequently. That's just the one of the things I do. It was up for like a moment. And then like, I thought, well, I'll just like, I, sometimes I just don't give a shit, but sometimes yeah. I'm like, well, I'll delete it and I'll put an exclamation mark. In that brief moment that that small letter L was up, he took a screenshot of it. He ended up sending me a big package in the mail. This is another thing I'd put my post office box up there because people would be like, oh, you get fan mail and stuff like this. I've since removed that and stopped that. But it had a diamond necklace. I think it was worth 1500 bucks. It had clothing. It had, this is so brutal. It had a USB that I put into my laptop. I'm such a fucking idiot. Okay. I like for Gen X, I can be such a dumbass. I will own that, but I'm sharing it now. So other people can like not do this, but I'm like, okay, there's chocolates and I plug it in and it's over the course of 10 minutes. I think I lasted through about five minutes of it of him proclaiming his love for me. And he held up as evidence that I would feel the same way. And there was this relationship brewing, this screenshot of when I had written good morning with the small letter L. And he said that I was going to say love, but then I deleted it. And I put the exclamation mark as, and it's nobody needs to know. And this can be our secret. And I was like, I am so over my head in this, this all of a sudden, the ramifications of me liking all these comments, commenting, I don't know who these people are. I've got tens of thousands of stuff going on now on top of like Facebook and Instagram. It was, it was brutal. So what I did is I started to create content about that. And I made like this, like PowerPoint thing. I had no idea how to make this freaking PowerPoint, but I called it women in social media, setting boundaries or something like that. And I freaking, I tried to help other women. I'm still thinking throughout all of this time, like five years within Monate, within network marketing, I'm pointing out things that are wrong and I'm making content about it. I'm being like, an asshole I'm like pointing out like things that coaches are doing wrong to me and it's kind of like they're like oh I can't believe you said that but at the same time I'm still deep within it and accepting everything that they say so complicated wow yeah wow okay all right my brain is like (laughs) exploding (laughs) yeah um first of all that is creepy um that is that is just creepy um but you're always hoping you're going to get them as a customer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure part of you was like, okay, like this person really like is into me. Like, is there any way, like part of you is like, is there any way I can make them into a customer? And I had two people do just that where it was like that. And they got just to get close to me and we're taught in network marketing to like, you want people, you want to sell access to yourself. Right. And that's what they say. But like saying it now, it's like so disgusting. I'm like, oh my God. And I did. And then I'm realizing, I'm like, oh my God, they bought access to me by buying a bottle of shampoo. And now I'm at their whim and they're going to, and it, there's, there's people out there that have serious issues and they're very good at manipulating. They, you're just one in a long lineup. They'll just like go on to the next on. They probably have a database and a list. They just bang it out. See what, you know, meanwhile, you're trying to do something. Oh, I'm going to help you with your hair. I'm going to like process your order. I'm going to like, oh, you know, offering 
uh, advice. I'd have uh, ways of being manipulated is um, somebody would send me a message on TikTok and then they would send me a message on Instagram and they'd send me a message on Facebook Messenger. So I'm hopping like how high, like jump, how high. I was just being manipulated all because I'm blinded because of the training to answer and be good and be busy. And you never know where the conversation is going to lead. I'm so busy. I can't even think I couldn't even see what's going on. Wow. Yeah. And also, uh, I'm pretty sure that episode that you were talking about was on life after MLM. Um, so a podcast episode that you listened to with the other, um, person that was cyber soft. Yeah. Um, there was, there are a couple that I'm thinking of that I, but I know which one you're talking about. I know I've listened to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so what did you do? Like, how did you set more boundaries? Did you just block him or? Yeah. At first, well, I got, I came across a book by Gavin DeBecker. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I heard, I actually heard about this on a Jordan Harbinger's podcast. Jordan Harbinger is a dude that's like completely against multi-level marketing and is very vocal about it. But I, even when I was still in it, I'm like, yeah, but he's saying all these really fantastic things. And I had people telling me within multi-level marketing, don't listen to him. He's against multi-level marketing. I'm like, yeah, but he just did this amazing interview with this like ex-FBI agent, Gavin DeBecker about like women's safety and like how to read signals and set boundaries. And it's okay. And, and, and all these things that's really super helpful. So fortunately I found this book and then I made content about it, did a live video about it. I had, um, so that, and so then when I, I did end up blocking that person, I tried to like be rational. I'm still being like the network marketer, like being like, oh, I'm going to leave this comment. Like, oh, I copied this verbatim text out of Gavin DeBecker's book, cop- like copied it, put it in there, but he still kept coming back and I had to block him. Uh, what they, what happens too, is these people create additional fake accounts. And I've since learned to go on like either Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, kind of like search derivations of their name and then see, cause they'll still be following you. So you just want to go through and remove them. One guy had 40 accounts on Facebook, tried to get into my TikTok for beginners group on, and I was like, oh, I had no idea the scale and scope of this all because the focus is on loving comments, having conversations with as many people as you can, because you just want to see if they're open. Right. I did oh block. I, I went through a harsh thing where I made a lot of videos on TikTok, especially speaking about my experience attracted a lot of like hate, a lot of misogyny, a lot of weird stuff. Um, that stuff does get you strong though. I'll tell you, because now speaking out against multi-level marketing, I'm like, you have like, this is nothing. <laughs> Yeah. After you go through like the, the gauntlet of TikTok as you grow, it's like, oh, this is totally nothing. And <laughs> I, I stopped answering all messages. I just was like, that's it. And then, so I don't, I, it's, uh, I don't answer messages. Occasionally I might answer a DM, but it was, I learned that even answering a DM now there's the, um, the illusion of a relationship. I've got a intimacy with you. It's perceived. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how they're going to take it. Right. Right. And I don't, I don't love every comment every more. Now I got a lot of comments. Um, and so I can't, and sometimes even if you're trying to love a comment on TikTok, especially that's where I spend most of my time now is, uh, they just, it just removes. It's really weird. You know, TikTok is so fun and bizarre, Yeah. (laughs) but I've moved off Facebook because it's just a hotbed of network marketing. I can't, I can't handle it. It's too much. It's It's just all the same. And uh, I only go on there now because I have a, like a group where I help people like, you know, figure out TikTok or whatever, but that's it. So boundaries have been, um, stopping answering all 
DMs. I made content about that too. And uh, working and, and because I know there's other women that are experiencing the same things, but you couldn't speak about that. Not in not, not in Mon8, not in network marketing, because you're like, no, that's just a negative mindset. That's a limiting belief. Well, I know I would never do something like that. That's never happened to me. It's like, well, this stuff is happening to people on your team. This is happening to people, your customers, even, you know, you don't even need to be in the business, but somebody that's buying your shampoo, it's a VIP or retail customer. They're on the internet. Like this stuff is like important that that should be talked about. So yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I, I personally on TikTok have it. So you can only message me if we're friends. And oh. I don't friend back everyone that yeah. I don't, it's not anything personal, but like, yeah. I don't want my for you page messed up. So yeah. if you're not making content that like I specifically am interested in and like your content could be fine, it's just not what I want. And I'm not yeah. going to follow you back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's how I try to keep my, my, one of my boundaries on TikTok or, you know, if somebody mess like comments in it, they're like, oh, like, can we talk more about this? Then I'll let them I'll friend them that way we can talk but like TikTok's algorithm is so weird and I am not jeopardizing that just to yeah. make friends you're <laughs> smart <laughs> see I'm, I'm a recovering people pleaser too and I want to like give credit to one of my previous coaches who is like freaking amazing and she's mm-hmm. uh there's like been weird stuff tangled up but she's amazing and she uh she's she, that's her term recovering people pleaser. I really like it. I like that too. <laughs> uh, so I was like kind of battling through that. It's like, it's all mixed, mixed up and like not giving a fuck about things, but then also very much giving a fuck about things. Another thing that's so important about boundary setting and is the social media addiction, watching the social dilemma. And then you have social media addiction and multi-level marketing is the perfect storm. It's the perfect marriage. And I would really like other people to explore that aspect as well, because it's all about um, organizing your time. You need to be disciplined. You need to be consistent. The first thing that you do when you're getting up in the morning is turning on your phone and doing a daily method of operation. You're in a group, say with 50, 75 people, and you're all prospecting and you feel really good. Get jacked up. You're listening to music. You're like, okay, guys, now we're going to do a curiosity post in a group. You're gonna, you know, you feel really good, but you're that it doesn't end there. We're exposed to like, the, the control of the, of, of Facebook, of the algorithm. And that, that is, that's huge. I remember I was talking to my, uh, one of my coaches about this and she actually did take 24 hours off social media with me. And this is ridiculous that you think you're, I'm just turning off my phone for 24 hours. That's it. It's a big deal. And I remember I was like, uh, talking, uh, to them and saying like, wouldn't it be great if like the company advised like just taking like a week off social media and it didn't go over well <laughs> because they're like, well, we're, we're talking about social media. You cannot separate that very real addictive component. That's driving so many people's behavior. That's putting ideas. So you go onto Facebook. This is what's so important about network marketing too, is because your world feels like it's opening up, but it's ever more, it's just shrinking more and more because all you see is more network marketing content. So you open up Facebook, you're having ideas put into your head that you otherwise wouldn't have had that day. And you're doing that every single day. And it's shaping the way you think, not only with like uh, multi-level marketing, like your company, like Mon8, like it was with me, ever like emails every day, three to four emails every day. It's going to be a flash sale. It's going to be a Zoom call. It's going to be a regional thing. Even just taking the time to scan it and delete, it's taking time out of your day. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like I was never specifically told that I had to be on social media all of the time. 
um, because obviously that's not good self-care, Danielle. Yeah. But like it was implied that you were. And also there's this rush, like the addiction part is like what tells you to be on there all the time. Because also if somebody comments and they might be interested, you have to answer them right away because what if they're not interested in five, four minutes? Yes, exactly. And that's the thing, like you, you know, you can't, unless I don't want to say you can't, unless most people it's impossible because it's just social media is created that way. You can't fight it, but yet you feel like it's your fault. So you're like gaslit by social media. And then you're gaslit by your company and you're gaslit by your coaching. You're like, you need to be a better organizer. You need to just have self-care, Danielle. You need to do this. You're like, I can't because I'm at, I'm like, they have teams of people <laughs> that have designed this for you to react. They know how, how many times you, how many seconds you've paused on that one post and how fast you scroll. They know it all. It's we're like a rat in a cage. Like you can't, you can't get away from it. That's by turning off your phone. Even though I'm knowing all this is growing awareness, I'm still in it. I'm thinking I can change it. I can be different. I'm going to show up with integrity. I'm going to point out these flaws. I'm going to create content about it. Another thing with Monade I didn't like was um, leadership training and they would withhold it unless you're at a certain rank. I'm thinking there's another contradiction. They say, everybody is a leader. You step into your greatness, do these things, but unless, but we're not going to give you the tools. They have it. You could just, it's like content, just like fire up a video, have people like improve themselves. Right. Not me blindly still not realizing that it's just all a farce anyway. <laughs> it doesn't matter the training you get. I'm still like pointing out these things this whole time. I see all these things wrong with it, but I couldn't understand it. And hearing because I love the products and I, and I since have learned um, three books that have really helped me combating mind control, um, freedom of mind by both by Stephen Hassan and then Ponzinomics by Robert Fitzpatrick, which have been really, really challenging to read. I have to put it down. Cause I'm getting like, I get physically almost ill. Cause I've like, how deep does this go in me? What, what is going on? I totally lost my train of thought just there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love how raw and real you are. Um, You were talking about how you were reading these books and it was pointing out different like mind control things. And you were like, how far does, does all of this go? Yeah. Maybe it'll come back. Sorry, Danielle. Oh no, it's okay. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's really hard because like, there are so many things that I too like gained from my experience in multi-level marketing and I consider them to be quote unquote good things that I've learned about myself and I've learned um through network marketing like I think that a lot of my confidence on social media um and like posting and just being real and raw comes from like you said posting every day be getting on lives not caring just oh I thought of it I remembered it Oh, good. <laughs> and it's because of you. And you know, so the, the, it's like the pyramid scheme allegation where it's like, it's not a pyramid, it's illegal, or it's like CEO. But also, like you said, I, I, when you said about uh, a lot of your confidence coming up, like showing up on social media, the thing with multi-level marketing is it takes all of the credit for everything. Yes. It's like, I'm going to look back on an abusive relationship and only take away the good. That is the most toxic positive of this thing, whatever, that you could say to someone. I'm going to look back and I'm going to like see the things and I'm going to learn from those things. They're, it's not because of them. It's because of you, you know, you showed up on social media. You, you had the, I know when I'd coach an athlete, I'm not, Oh, I, I won the race. No, 
you yeah. won the race. You had to show up. You chose to listen and you chose to adapt. And that's what I don't like about multi-level marketing is all of your success is always attributed to them. Right. Any failure all on you. Um, learning about like, so then thank you for remember, reminding me what I was going on about. <laughs> I couldn't understand when people would say it's a pyramid scheme because I would say, but we're selling a product, but it's illegal, but it's, it's the same as corporate America. I, 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 I hope that like other people that may listen to this, know that they're not alone in like seeing somebody's lips move and hearing the words and it doesn't make sense. And that is a thought stopping cliche, you know, reading, um, I think it was, I, I don't know. It was on one of those books where it takes like, uh, somebody had actually left this comment on one of my TikToks. They called it a bumper sticker reduction where they take like a complex idea or a series of thoughts and like distill it down into something you could leave on a fridge magnet or a bumper sticker. And, and then that just stops you thinking and it sounds good and it feels good. And you think, well, everybody else around me is saying this and feeling this. And I really respect these people and they really help me and I'm getting money and I'm doing sales. And this is impacting, you know, that's another thing we like to say, impacting people's lives. It doesn't make sense. And it, it's, it's really, it was, it's really been shocking to me having, going through that process of first watching LuLaRoe and seeing Robert Fitzpatrick talk and not, and wanting to hear him. And I couldn't understand. And now just over the course of a few months, I'm like, I get it. I see that it's not real. It's like, it's like humans have a psychological blind spot with multi-level marketing and the, and the promise of an unlimited income. And then actually starting to learn, actually doing research where, uh, when I was in multi-level marketing, educate yourself, like be speaking so disparagingly to someone thinking at the same time, I'm saying, oh, I'm like, I'm not morally superior to you. We're all in this together, but you need to educate yourself. Always the contradiction in the information I'm taking in and always the contradiction in my own behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just yes. To everything you just said. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't even know what to say to follow that up because that was just amazing. Um, and so such good points. Like there are so many contradictions and like you said, it takes credit for everything. So everything that's good in your life. I remember I said that Arbonne was the reason that I got my dog. And I was like, what? Like when I look back on it, I'm like, um, pretty sure I got my dog. Cause I pestered my husband enough to agree to get one. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. Of our <laughs> yeah. And you know, I would be the first to just like admit that. Yes, it was. Oh, it was all because of this coaching. It was all because of money. It was all because of that. And this is another thing. Like I've heard you um, speak about on your podcast as well is when you leave, how everybody isn't your friend. There's another half to that. I'm like, I wasn't their friend either. Yeah. And so there's like that cold detachedness and also this like shame and weirdness. So because of listening, especially to your, one of your, your podcast, also Roberta Blevins, but I'm like being very, I was very strategic when I started to pull away. And I'm like, I had to, I'm like, I'm the victim perpetrator. Also I'm friends with all these. I'm not friends with these people. Would I go out with any of them for coffee right now? If they called me? No, the only reason I'm friends with them is maybe I could get access to their audience. They just like, they want access to mine. Maybe one day they're going to see a video and they're like, you know what? Why not? I, I just seen her all the time. I respect her. I like her training. Uh, she's helped me grow on TikTok. I want to buy something from her. I'm like, I was just as guilty. So 
I kind of went, I, I did strategic. I had uh, watched uh, Julie Joe talking about like uh, walking on Lexapro there on TikTok and then Julie Joe on uh, her account on YouTube. She's like, just, you just fade away. Just like, just gradually fade away. And I originally wanted to do that, but I was thinking I need to remove a lot of these people. So I was strategic at first. I started to just remove hundreds of people as friends. I still need to do it. But what I've done now is I'm kind of doing like the chicken shit passive aggressive way is I'm just unfollowing people. So we're still friends, but I'm not seeing their content <laughs> on Facebook, <laughs> on Instagram too, but whatever it is, what it is. And then, yeah, yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Like I, I've kind of done a combination of both two where I like faded away. And I also agree too, like when I left Arbonne particularly, I was like, these people are not really my friends. And um, there's no way that I care if they see my content, if they delete me. I literally just sat back and I was like, all right, let's see how long it takes for people to start blocking me. Yeah. I, I knew it was going to happen. When I left Plexus, I felt differently because I was like, I, I, I really do like, they were my friends. Like I did like the people that were like, I recruited were my friends. Yeah. Um, so, and I still feel that way. And I still have relationships with most of my downline from Plexus. Um, oh, that's awesome. so yeah. Uh, and I, feel terribly, but we've all talked about it. So <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I, when I, uh, I started to have more and more awareness and realizations and, um, one of the, okay. So, um, March, 2020, mm -hmm. when the pandemic hit, that was when the first kind of seed really took root in my mind. I had been questioning for like five, like for four and a, or four years, or I guess three and a half years. But it was March 2020 was when I really started to investigate. So at the time I was taking additional network marketing coaching, I was paying $800 a month US. This is outside of Monet. Oh yeah. I did that for like over like uh, close to a year plus attending conferences, $800 US a month. And that's the lowest level of coaching. Mm. This is why I would like more people to investigate this coaching aspect because there's a lot out there that are preying upon people knowing that they're not, most people are not going to succeed that failure is, is, is a given, but making you feel bad, gaslighting you, giving you all this training, keeping you very, very busy. So I was like, I had started on TikTok, and I was like, this is incredible. This is a, an incredible platform to learn how to tell stories, to learn how to create compelling content using trends that they're delivering to you every day. It's current, it's relevant. And I, it was weird because I think, and I, I don't really know, but I think it's because I was not doing what I was told. I was doing something different and I got so much pushback. I was like told that I was, um, being very selfish and seeking attention, which is so weird because the whole point of creating content, especially in network marketing, is you want engagement and attention. So I'm like, I'm being aware of these contradictions, but the reason why they crystallized is because I couldn't afford the coaching anymore because like many other people, I lost my job. So I had to leave the group. And then when I left the group and I wasn't inundated with all these activities, they'd have this uh, thing that they do on the weekend sometimes, it'd be occasionally, where you'd give, it's like a bingo card of tasks. And this group was no joke. I mean, you're, you're, I was prospecting 200 people a day on Instagram, on Facebook. I mean, we're not fucking around. These people, they know how to work. And these people are very intelligent, very creative, but we're all sucked in. And then it's, so one of these tasks anyway, was like to go to the grocery store. And I think it was like to take a picture of yourself with a banana with a stranger. It was something ridiculous like that. 
And the, the thing was, well, this is to like get you out of your comfort zone. Meanwhile, I'd been on TikTok, like cranking out content and, you know, TikTok is like the exposure of your soul. Like you're, you're like cringy, you're awesome. It's hilarious. Like, I don't need to do this. This is a waste of time, you know? So I was like starting to like question these things and these things were allowed to be like questioned because I was getting removed from the group. And then when I was away from the group, I'm like, there's now I can critically think now I'm now I have the courage to like, this is wrong. They're wrong about this. If they're wrong about this, are they wrong about this too? But that's March, 2020. I'm still in it. So then we go like May, May of this, May of last year, May, 2020, when my dad died suddenly and unexpectedly. And I, um, that that changes everything. Um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. I, I don't know if anybody's ever prepared, but certainly like my generation anyway, like we don't talk about shit. Now we're starting to, and, uh, I, things that were no longer important to me and, and it just started to fall away. I started to really be like, I'm just so numb and I'm so exhausted. And there's a power when you're so exhausted. And so you just don't care where there's a clarity there because you're just so numb. You don't have feelings. So you all, you have a logic. It's like, there's this, it's, it makes sense. And so I started to, again, question even more. There's things I don't, I don't like finding out September, 2021 monations is the virtual event that monations had. I didn't like that they were having an event anyway, because it's still in a pandemic. And I saw people posting that were fellow market partners, um, like showing that they weren't wearing masks and like, and they're saying things like it's a revolution. I'm like, you're selling shampoo. Like you are not that like important. And I'm, things were irritating me as I'm watching this conference. It was such a religious push. This John Maxwell comes out and he's speaking gobbledygook. He's, he's talking in circles. It's like the vision I have is like the snake eating its own tail going around and around and around or two bicycle wheels. You're spinning them both at the same time. And your eyeballs are just like rotating it. Like, what in the hell are you talking about? People are losing their minds. You're like, wow. Yeah. He says, you not, if you want to do the do, you got to done the did or some absurd thing like that. And this constant religious push, if he was going to be uh, doing some Sunday service saying, if you, I want you to show up, especially if you're not a believer. And, and, and then they had this preacher on, on the stage and he's immediately, he opens up with this thing. That's not even a fact. It's been like disproven. It's this completely made up thing. I don't know if you've heard it where they say women speak 7,000 words or 12,000 words a day and men speak 4,000 or something. That's not even a fact, but he opens up his speech with that. I'm like, the hell is I can see what your agenda is here and I don't like it and there's this religious like thing going on as well and then you had like the CEO of the company talk about how losers are on your team and I'm like I have I have not seen this like this narrative before this was really I didn't like the religious push that was really bugging me people calling losers negative everybody clapping and being like oh it's so awesome I'm like, I don't want to be associated with these people. It was after that, I deleted my business page, which I had spent about probably about $15,000 building with Facebook ads, buying samples, sending them out, started deleting all my YouTube videos that were affiliated with MLM. I still was going to be like, I'm, I'm still in it. I can still just like make some extra money. These things were kind of happening in the background. Um, and then as I, and at this, around that, I watched Lula Rowe, Lula Rich. And then found Roberta Blevins podcast, found your podcast, heard all the stories of all these people who were going through things exactly like me. I wasn't alone. And what scared me was that we're all duped. 
we're all have the same stories. We all say the same platitudes. Like I can't be a part of this anymore. The more I learn, the more there's no way I can stay in this. There's no way I can't buy any product. I can't, uh, at the time I'm like, well, I'll just, I'll still use this product. I, moving along that spectrum for me, there's no way. And so then, yeah, December 23rd, I set that resignation, resignation letter in. Um, they hung on for another month. They wouldn't let you go. They make it this big ordeal. And I had, uh, I posted in my, I had a customer group. I posted in there. I'm no longer going to be with Mon8. I didn't go into too many details. I kind of said a little bit why. Um, at the same time, I found out that Stuart McMillan around this time, found out Stuart McMillan had been the head in 2014 of a legitimate Ponzi scheme. I think it was called Teleffex or something like that. Whatever. I can't remember. And he, he was appointed the interim, like, CEO of that company and he went down and then like a few months later was appointed like the president of Mon8 and when I asked my upline about this she said oh I knew that and upon leaving Mon8 where I'm like I got to throw all this stuff which is when I kind of was doing out the same thing as you throwing out your Arbonne stuff I was throwing out all my Mon8 stuff um, that relationship was destroyed she had been really awesome. We'd been friends for 15 years and uh, had the same issues. We're like, she had been pushed out of money. She had been higher up than me, um, you know, had achieved that Cadillac rank, but then couldn't, you know, same thing. I like couldn't afford it, you know, and I ended up being stuck with it because you couldn't maintain your rank. And um, upon leaving, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta throw out my stuff. I don't want it. And it was, I just got this lecture of uh, she's a vegan. And it's like, I wouldn't do that. I would, even though I have a, a stance against the meat industry, I wouldn't do that. I would give it to the homeless person. It was just, it pivoted quite quickly. When I said, I don't like this. She said that the anti-MLM community is like a cult. And I said, tell me more. And she just proceeded to use the classic shame, insult, guilt, need to be right. Sign language. And then sent me a series of three voice recordings where it was the most condescending, horrible thing after I had told her that uh, allegedly and according to me and my own experience only, <laughs> the Mon 8 sleep drops that I took, a family member took, and another market partner took, all caused, had a depressive episode with suicide ideation. And she, she just dismissed it and she has a kid. And I think if your kid came to you and told you this, there's no way you would be like this. When I told her she had just brushed it off, I repeated myself and she just did. And she just attacked my character and what she used, which is the weirdest thing. This is, I want to talk about this to show people that logic doesn't need to make sense. I had been like questioning this. It started kind of like off March, 2020, where I'm like starting to like a year and a half of this illusion dissipating. She said, well, you know, this is your character. You do things, you make hasty decisions, Julie. Uh, you know, I had done over the course of 13 years, I did 18 Ironman distance races. Um, I did like over 70 other races, but then one day I decided to like, stop, I didn't want to do it anymore. And so she used that as an example, as kind of like a weakness of my character and how impulsive I am to make decisions, which has, I, you know, I'm just like my last, I think my last message to her was like, have you, have you talked to anybody who's actually left And Jesus Christ, do you even hear yourself? And then I'm like, I, it's done. I had to tell my downline, the people that were open to listening, the information that I found out. There's no, there's no fucking way I can withhold this information. Like I felt betrayed. Like I knew that. How in the hell could you not tell me that? You know, but now I know it's not the person, it's the business model makes us do these things, but it leaves, it destroys relationships, you know? And so I've had uh, one of my uh, market partners, uh, she left. It was, uh, it was good because she'd only been in a, a bit, but um, I mean, it, the mental health, like, like, fuck, it's a mess. 
Yeah. Fucking mess. And it's so interesting um, as I hear more and more people whose stories, uh, like the mental health effects of some of these supplements that we're taking is scary. Like, as you know, allegedly in my experience, I had the same (laughs) thing happen to me with my products and they were different products. But when I stopped taking them, it was not good. And that like, and I interviewed someone, uh, I think it was last week who said the same thing. She stopped taking the Plexus products and that happened. And now you're saying that it happens with the Monet sleep products. Like that's scary. And you can't talk about it. Yeah. It's unsafe to speak up anything negative. And you know, it's really strange too. I had this uh, other experience when I was posting like pictures of my hair, I'd like like, you know, do all these different poses, all those like cringy things that we do. <laughs> and I post, I posted in the Monate testimonials group. So this group is meant you add, they call it an ad tag mention group, ATM group. So you'll add like a prospect into this group, tag them. Oh, you've got curly hair. You've got dry hair. You've got thinning hair. Look at this person's testimonial. I posted, I'm like, I'm like 40, I was 45 years old at the time. Look at my hair. I don't dye it. I haven't dyed it in like 15 years. Um, look at how healthy and amazing it is. And if this is the weirdest thing, I have like all these like really trolls and like people that were going through my Facebook profile, taking pictures of me when I was in Mexico and putting it in the feed saying she's lying about not dyeing her hair. (laughs) I'm like, and and I'm thinking, this is the Monate testimonials group. Why aren't the moderators and these leaders removing these people? Why aren't they supporting me? I had one upline that was supporting me. She was uh, she did. She's like, this isn't right. But it was like this overwhelming amount of people. They were like digging into my past, like taking pictures and posting it in this thread. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on here? And I actually made a post on TikTok about this. And then they're, and I'm like, I'll send love to the people that are hating. Right. And somebody said, if, but Julie, isn't that weird that it's your company's testimonial group and they're allowed, like you're being attacked in that. And I'm like, I never thought of that. I was not, I'm aware of all this stuff going on, but it wasn't enough to like, get me to leave until I'll, I'll, I'll stack up. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to, to when you said that she called the anti MLM group a cult. And this is something that I think a lot of us struggle with, but I've been thinking about it a lot. And, um, so I don't know if you listen to the podcast sounds like a cult. Yes. Yes. I love it. Um, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, please go do so. It's fantastic. Um, and they take different like culty groups and they talk about them and they kind of range it on a scale of, um, live your life, watch your back or get the fuck out. Um, (laughs) and I think that anti MLM, in my opinion, it can be a watch your back. Because there are parts of the group of the community that can be very toxic and they are not remembering what we're doing and why we're doing it. But then there are other parts of the group that are very much on task, on message. It's not about money. It's not about becoming monetized. Like those things are great. If you can make a platform where you can get monetized for making content that people enjoy. That's awesome. We go and pay money to go watch movies all the time. Why shouldn't we get paid to make this content if people are enjoying it? Um, But uh, overall, I think that there's a lot of us. And the thing is, I can stop making content any day I want to. Yeah, exactly. 
nobody is gonna say like I mean people might say like hey are, are you still gonna do podcast episodes but like no one's like it's not up to anyone else my life is not gonna drastically change if I stop making anti-MLM content yeah and you don't have to show up in a certain way you don't have to add it with a hook you don't have to like do it a 90-day run you can you can you can be toxic if you want you can be very empathetic and compassionate the whole you can do whatever you want Mm -hmm. right exactly if you go through the bite model and you look at the anti-MLM community I don't see it no, it's um, just not there. It's just another way to obfuscate the issue and take like attention away from what's going on. Like the same right. way as when I was in within a multi-level marketing company, well, it's like this, just like a, a real estate. It's always yeah, but, and take the attention away. And I know when I first started to like watch anti-MLM content, I was getting this physical reaction. I'm like, they're so mean. But then I was aware. I'm like, wait a second. Why is it so important for them to change the way they say something in order for me to feel okay about it? We can do whatever we want. We're good at, we're, we're good at painting ourselves as victims too, of like, oh, they are against us. Oh, they hate us. Oh, look at, there's another example. And yet we can like speak disparagingly to, to people, put them down, call them like stupid or uneducated or gaslight them. I'm so sorry. That hasn't been your experience, but that certainly hasn't been mine with my company. Mine is so different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And the other thing about the anti-MLM community in general is that, uh, or in my experience, is that we are very open to criticism and yeah. I like be nice about it. But like yeah. uh, overall, like if you say something and we're like, oh my gosh, like I could have done this better. Maybe this didn't come across the way that I really wanted to. I reacted to this too quickly. I should have taken some time to cool off before I made a reaction to it. People are are very receptive to that. Um, And I have both given feedback and received feedback in the anti-MLM community. And it's always been cordial. Everyone is like, you know what? You're right. Thank you for pointing that out. And then they take accountability and they move forward. And it's amazing. It's so rad. Like even like, uh, just like, and then, so people within anti-MLM, then you have like just people that are just like out and about in the world. Right. I noticed like within comments, just on TikTok where I'm like speaking about it, people are so not, they're so forgiving of like, I mean, you're in an MLM. Ah, it's okay. It's not a big deal. But when you're in an MLM, it is hostile. It is us versus them. It is, here's yet another example of someone saying, I'm going to waste my money. And you can see how it's like, I'm wasting my money. I'm wasting my time. I'm in a cult, you know, like, look at this, look at this fool. And I just responded to them with grace and integrity. And I take a screenshot of it, post it in a group, get love bombed. Ah, way to go, Julie. That's so, oh, you're such a good example to show how to show up with people in that can like turn it every which way. And, but what I, what I see is like people, when you get out, so I have friends, I have no idea why they stuck with me. I, I, hope to show, I made a piece of content about this. I hope to show them uh, other people, the grace and empathy that I was shown because they stuck with me that I, I met them like through TikTok and they put up with my MLM bullshit and they never, they never bought, but they were still my friends. And they're like, I could see you through that. I could see your, your identity through the MLM bullshit. I could see, I'm like, Oh my God. I've made a number of pieces of content, like apologizing, like, thank you. Thank you for staying with me through my face. Somebody else I wrote, or they wrote, they're like, I think it's like a rite of passage. Like you need to like, everybody needs to like go through the, the MLM phase, but what's, it's funny, but it's not when you hear people that have been within it 20, 30 years and they've got nothing left. 
They only have people within uh, network marketing as other relationships. They have um, no money and they just keep going and they're very angry at any kind of criticism or any encouragement to critically think and perhaps admit that they could be totally wrong. Well, it's so scary because you go into it thinking I have nothing to lose, but then as you're in it, you have everything to lose if you're wrong because it's your name, it's your integrity, it's your relationships with people, it's your money. Like you literally lose you or you can lose so much of yourself and your values and your morals and your beliefs and your physical like safety and belongings like credibility yeah you know like leaving out now I'm like oh somebody's like deep in and they think that I'm like I know I don't want to deal with that person I'm like shit that's how people felt about me yeah starting over from scratch having that awareness it has nothing to do with like the uh passive aggressive post that someone's going to write that says oh well you should purchase from me you know you purchase from Amazon you purchase from this company and but you're not going to support a small business owner you're not going to support a small business owner who doesn't have a CEO who doesn't care about you the irony of that statement where it's like if purchasing from Monate you're not you're the CEO doesn't care about you we don't we don't see the contradictions we don't see it when we're in it but other people they see it and it's like oh no oh no you're in that space right now I don't want to deal with you and that's how it is. That's how it looks. That's what I'm hoping. Like, I don't know, is somebody like me starting to explore anti MLM content, having questions, you just encourage them to critically think and make their own opinions without undue influence. Like Stephen Hassan talks about when, what is undue influence? Are you having to show up every day in a group and watch a video, do a task, do a training. You have to show up on, and do a super Saturday. You have to, you have, you have to, you have to, you have to, what if you took two weeks off? Oh, we can't do that. If you take one, if you take one week off, that's going to be three months behind. There's always a response and the, the responses are predictable. They're robotic. And as the, as is the behavior when posed with any kind of criticism, I'm so sorry that the gaslighting first, I'm so sorry. That's been your experience. It hasn't been my experience. And then there's that opening. Well, maybe you want to ask what I do. Then there's goes into the shame. Well, you're just attacking. You're bitter. These are all predictable responses that we've all seen and we've all done. Right. It's sad. It's just sad, man. Yeah. Um, like when I went on my honeymoon a few weeks ago, I was talking in a group chat and um, Roberto was in there and like some, some other content creators that are all amazing. And I said, you know, guys, like I'm feeling really guilty because I know that I'm going to go on vacation and I'm going to be out for pretty much two weeks. Like, I'm not going to be making any content. Like I'm not going to have any podcasts go up and like, you know, my Instagram and my TikTok and all that stuff. And they were like, Danielle, like you're not in an MLM anymore. Like go enjoy yourself, like stop worrying about it. And like, I really took a second and was like, wow, like that felt so good to just be like, I can do whatever I want. And like, I didn't make any uh podcasts while I was out um and I know because I kept checking I'm like I know she's out but when she had another podcast (laughs) (laughs) I know and it's hard too because I put out so many episodes yeah so it's like those people that are like looking for something like very consistently I and it's not consistent I don't have any timeline I literally just make episodes and post them usually fairly immediately um so yeah, no, it, it was like, uh, it it's felt like how really deep, weird. How, how deep it goes when you're even on your honeymoon. How, may I ask how long it was since you left your last mark, network marketing company? 
I left in June of last okay. year of 2021. Okay. okay. Yeah. Like that's amazing. Like, uh, so like leaving in June and then still like you're, you're on your honeymoon and feeling that guilt and that's rooted with that MLM training, you know? Yeah, it really is. And like, well, it's also like we talked about before that social media addiction too, yep. because like, absolutely. I, when I was in an MLM, I never received the amount of positive feedback. Like, you know, we talk about love bombing and things like that. Oh yeah. Like it was very direct love bombing and it was only a few, like, you know, the, your team that was love bombing you, but having the validation of your friends and family and like strangers on the internet feels so good. Yeah. People to be like, oh my God. Yeah, girl, me too. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not alone. I'm not the yeah. only one. Like, yeah. It feels so good to create this content because I know that I have helped so many more people than I yes. have ever quote unquote helped while I was in MLM. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing where it's like driving me is to like speak out and just share my experiences. And it's weird because it's like, I feel that fear where it was like, Oh, and I'm thinking, why am I afraid to just sh- what is actually happening. I'm not, I'm not making it up. I'm just saying exactly what happened. Then like other creators, I had like a piece of content tagged for harassment and bullying. And I looked at that. I'm like, I, I literally just said exactly what's happened, but somebody feels threatened by it because I'm just saying the truth. And so when I, I, and that encouraged me to like, go, I'm like, Oh no, I'm going to just keep going. And it's really weird. Is like, just like, um, speaking with you, it's, it almost unlocks this whole other level of feeling free of like claiming my identity back. Like how uh, Stephen Hassan talks about the, the cult identity, suppressing your authentic identity, and then like re like finding that and like taking elements and like integrating and all that jazz. But I felt so much energy and like years and years ago, I was in an abusive relationship. And I, when I finally ended that and was out, I remember I was, I was hiking like a dingbat. I didn't have to eat. I didn't have to drink water. I'm like, what in the hell is this? There's got to be some kind of like psychological freaking description about that was, but that's how I felt. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like running up the mountain with a backpack on. I'm like, where is this coming from? And it's almost like night and day, like just from that, that, that weight that you shed of being able to just speak, speak freely and without, uh, without that fear, letting go of that, not letting go of that. I don't want to say letting go of that fear. That's freaking MLM language, but being aware of that, of that fear. And like, what is this? I'm afraid that they're going to come after me and be like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm just speaking exactly what's happening. I am criticizing the behavior. It's like, I'm actually, it's okay. You still like tell, tell yourself, it's okay to like take a break on your honeymoon and not create content. How ridiculous is that? Right. Right. Because you know that if I was still in, I would have been messaging people. Yeah, absolutely. I would have been using my honeymoon and my wedding to try Mm -hmm. and gain prospects because people would want to reach out to me to be like, congratulations. That's so great. Blah, 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 blah. You know, all those well wishes that you get. And I would have used as many of those conversations as I could to turn them into sales. 
because every relationship is transactional and we use deceptive tactics from the beginning and you'll have people that like post on social media and you post in the group oh can you come all over and like and comment my post and you can see all of the people within the same company say you look amazing that collagen is incredible thank goodness for this magic spoon your hair looks great it's all fabricated it's all deceitful also being um, encouraged to not say the name of your company but just say I want to get you on a zoom call right away from the beginning of a lot of relationships it's deceptive yep and that and I knew that I taught that but yet I'm like okay what do you do you have to accept it you squash what you don't think is right about it and you just move ahead anyway and I did that and I and that's I got to keep speaking out about all these things because deceptive any kind of relationship that's based on deceptive whether it's like a business relationship or a personal relationship it's it's wrong you're making that move we're making that decision to be deceitful and we're taught that that's okay we're taught that that's savvy business people we're taught that that's like entrepreneur that's what you got to do yeah because yeah. people are going to google it and they're going to find other things wrong and they're not going to get the real information which only you can provide and you want to get them into a conversation to keep that conversation going and everything every statement that you end is ending with a question so they have a reason and they're going to be too polite to say no we're leveraging all these psychological tactics starting from the beginning with deception with every conversation we have with everybody you can't separate it you're on social media yeah that's your business you got to change your cover photo you got to change it because you got to act like a business person you got to take this seriously as a business there's no more such there's no such thing as just actually truly giving creating content without expecting anything in return or just being silly it all has to be intentional to have five core things that you have to write about you have to show up every day you got to do a live video every day you got to do it's it's like where is the actual social part it's gone one thing that saved me was being like on TikTok and just being able to create like i think i've created over 6500 pieces of content and that's in two years i mean there's only 365 days a year that's a shit ton of content that's, i really respect how much content you make because i'm like ah i see you <laughs> like that's awesome that's like one of my people right <laughs> I, I hustle on TikTok. I know it's not all fantastic, but you know, I, I'm trying to, and I, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> I have like a tickle in my throat. Um, but I, and I see all of the TikTok people that are like, if you want to build your account, then you should be posting, like try to post three times a day. So I do try to post three times a day. And I do see very stable and steady growth in my TikTok like numbers. And like, that's great. I want to attract people that actually want to be there for the content that I make. Um, and hopefully they go and listen to the podcast because like, that's where I pour my soul. Um, yeah. but the silly TikTok videos are fun and I do yeah. enjoy making. I, I've needed, yeah, I've needed it as a creative outlet. Like I'm, I'm a person that is like capable of a, like a, a lot of physical and like emotional output and I need it. I, I, I don't know. I just, my, I don't, it's who I am. So I really like it. Cause I can play and just explore and there's no rules. I don't have to show up and do one piece of content today. I can show up and do 15 if I want, who cares? Right. It's like right. totally free. So that's really, that has really helped save me because I was able to build up a following and a, and, uh, and group of a community of people where when I did leave, it's been so supportive and I feel like I've kind of have, um, like a lot of people have my back because of that. Cause I've seen other people start to speak out and they get attacked right away. I've had, I have had been like a bit of that, but I've been fortunate. Yeah. I, honestly, I've been extremely lucky. So I, I got out and I started talking on my Instagram about anti-MLM pretty quickly. Um, like I was sharing Roberta's podcast and as I was, I was 
posting like screenshots of the podcast episode. And then I would like talk, like give a little like quick synopsis of like what I learned, why I thought it was important. And that was like, I immediately started speaking out and I didn't have any backlash. I have had very few people come into my comment section and say like, Hey, I, I don't agree with you. And the anti-MLM community has been really quick to come to the comment section too and be like, can you show me why blah, 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 blah. And like, it's just, wow. Like the anti-MLM community is amazing because in general, a lot of us, especially now with the compassion-based movement, like we're really trying to do better about not just attacking people, calling people stupid, like, yeah. Exactly. If, if they because were, they're stupid, not, they're not stupid. They're not stupid. They're very, very intelligent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're not stupid. You're manipulated. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it's been so great being out and being able to speak out and like, you know, you have so much fear about speaking out at the beginning and then to just see, like I said before, the support has just been unreal. And I don't make content like that really debunks behaviors. Like I don't pull people's content like that, like other people do, which is fine. Like we need that too. But like, that's a big reason why I know I don't see those comments and like, that's fine. Like if other people want to make content that's similar to mine and that's, all of my content is for us. It's for people who are recovering and trying to get out. Like that's who my content is for. It's really not for people in the MLM. Like if they see it and they relate to it, then that's fantastic, but I don't make it for them. Yeah. So like two things, you're way braver than I am. I'm scared shitless of posting on Instagram. I I just post my Gen X stuff. I may, like I, I started following you and then Aaron B's. And then I had like a brief little, brief little convo with Aaron B's. I was like, Oh, I, I finally followed you or whatever. And then, uh, I, I, I said better late than never or something. And then I'm like, actually, it's just cause I'm, I'm afraid because I, a lot of people I know in network marketing are in, are on Instagram and it's like Facebook, Facebook. I've done nothing. I'm just like, no, I'm just, I just stay away from that. That's part of it is strategic because I know a lot of the people I know is that they wait three months. If you haven't posted for three months, they don't see you as a benefit to being your friend anymore. So they'll just unfriend you because it's always transactional. So let that, let that sucker ride out. Right. (laughs) I did not even think of that. I, I, I was never coached to do that, but I'm sure there are people that are see on your birthday they'll see if you've been active because so it's like the birthday memories come up or whatever but go through all your contact list and if you haven't posted in three months they'll be like i oh, just remove that person oh i use the birthdays for similar <laughs> reasons like if somebody's birthday comes up and i decide to go and look in it and i can't remember who you are oh i delete you so fast and i'll like go and look and i'm like is there a re- like why are my friends with you i have no idea and i'm just like all right well no need anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing too, is like letting somebody go or deleting their friend or like, uh, removing them. I know, uh, if somebody has a big reaction, like that says a lot. I know if somebody removes me as a friend, I'm like, I respect you. Like whatever, like whatever you need to do for you is totally fine. I'm not going to be like fighting. Like why it's like, that is the creepy boyfriend, right? Like, why did you not answer my call? Why are you not? I'm like, no, like, do you know what no means? That's another whole topic of conversation is no, doesn't mean no. It just Uh, means not now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's terrible. MLM logic. Um, yeah. And I just had a train of thought and it went off the tracks. 
something that, okay, if you remember, just interrupt me, because this just popped into my head. Maybe the thought went from you into my head. I don't Maybe. Know. <laughs> but when you're talking about creating content uh, for specific people, where it's like people outside of network marketing, I'm like decided, like, I'm like speaking, like as what I was coached to do and showing that compassion where it's like, I know when I started to hear your content, your content particular, like also Roberta Blevins, but you, you listen and it's that compassion. It's not like that judgment. And that allowed me to listen. And it's, it's always about listening. You, you feel seen, you feel heard and openly talking about all the things that I did and like how I would prospect and letting, you know, it's like, yeah, I did this and this is why I'm not doing it. And this is, um, this is why it's wrong. But I'm like, so I don't know, kind of, I'm kind of like talking just to people that are wanting like that maybe are starting to question. And I encourage people who are questioning if there's like a hateful comment, like, and I'm talking hateful comment network marketers. We like to say, this is a hateful comment and it's not a hateful comment. Like for being so tough and inflated, like peacocking around, like, Ooh, we're so no, we're like the biggest pussies. Like, it's just like, somebody says the smallest freaking thing. And it is not like hate comment is like you start talking about misogyny on tiktok then you see what the hateful comment is yeah anyway yeah yeah um well my like like if you never feel confident posting on instagram or facebook about network or anti-mlm um i think that's totally okay you don't have to um but for other people who are in your position and they're ready to start talking I always recommend starting with the facts and start and like the more you can relate to your story without shaming your upline or your downline, Um, like really trying to talk about like how you felt and like, it's about you, it's your experience. And if somebody comes at you, it's like, dude, this is just, this is what I went through. Okay. Awesome. I'm glad you didn't go through that, but this is what I went through. Yeah. This is, this is my experience. And, you know, as I've been doing more outside of the MLM, I've learned that other people feel the same way. So I want other people to know that they're, that they're not alone. Yeah. Um, So like, but also just really focusing on the facts, like posting stats from the FTC, posting, posting things like that. That's a really good place to start because you can't fight numbers. Yeah. Can't fight numbers. (laughs) But you know, you know, this is uh, the thing that I've encountered is that numbers didn't mean anything to me. And I know numbers don't mean anything to people because numbers are like based on logic and a cult isn't based on logic. It's based on emotion and manipulation. Right. Right. So I, 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 uh, I, for me, um, I I knew it was never gonna, I I remember watching Robert Fitzpatrick talk on Lula rich. And I, I physically couldn't hear the words. I, it was like a wall that was like the thought stopping cliche. It came Mm. down like the Berlin wall was uh, up again. It was like, boom, it's up. And, and I'm like, holy crap, like if this is happening to me and I'm trying to learn and I want to learn, like, how is it, how is it happening? Like for other people? And so, yeah, anyway. Well, that's why, honestly, I believe that most of the content that we are producing as a community is not for people in an MLM. Yeah, It's for people not in an MLM yet who get approached or for people who have left and need the field validation we know it's very hard to reach people in an MLM. It's so hard. Like, and that's why it's important for them to come to us versus us to go to them. Like we create the content and if they see it, awesome. They start to get those, what is it called? Planting the seed. 
That's yeah. For the long term, right? Planting totally. the seed, and then every time they see your video, you water it a little bit more, and then yeah. one day they start to be like, "Huh, I connected with that." Huh, I connected with that. And then next thing you know, they quit their MLM and they start their own podcast. Uh, you're so true. That's so right. You know, I never even thought of that because I've kept thinking about it from the perspective of being within an MLM. But the best thing to do is to educate people so they don't get in at the beginning. That's right. the only way because you can't talk. You can't reach with somebody when they're still in that, in that cult, right? In that mindset. Right. I never thought of it that way. I'm still, right. I'm still new. Like, December 23rd, I sent it in. So I'm still, I'm no, yeah. And like, it's so hard, but like, once you realize like, it's not about the people that are still in, like, Mm. obviously we approach them with compassion and they have been victimized just like I have. And like you have, but Mm. like, if we remember the content, it's really not for them. It's really not like, you're right. It's for them. If they are looking for it, it's not for them. Or it's for them when they're receptive to it. It's for them when yeah. they look for it. It's for them when they they come to it. They need to choose it. Right. We can't choose it for them. Oh, that's good. That's a gooder. <laughs> that should be on a meme and hashtag boss baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's my uh, my bumper sticker moment, right? <laughs> right on. <laughs> All right, Julie. Is there anything else that you want to touch on on your story before I ask you my final question? Nope. I, I I am so glad we had this conversation. It was so fun. I knew I was going to have so much fun with you. Um, and um, so anyways, what is your anti-MLM why? It is. I think I read this paper. It was from John Taylor about, uh, who writes some stuff about the FTC. And it's like, I think it was, he said it was about having an ethical responsibility to speak out. I feel that I feel some of that is from, uh, guilt and, um, of what I, what I did encouraging people to get in, um, using tactics to get them. And even though I didn't, I, even though I thought I was doing really good at the time and a, a real, a real love of people. I love helping people. The reason, you know, I did so much is I love helping. It felt so good. Even making a, a video and someone said, this really helped me, even if they didn't buy, you know, people that have had that experience, you're like, it feels great. So I, I want to, I want to helping people. That's it. It's just now it's from the other side. Yeah, I agree. Helping people is obviously my passion, like my, pretty much my whole life is dedicated to that. And it, it feels so good. It does feel good to know that you've made a difference in somebody's life. And, um, like I said, that that's really what it's all about. So, um, where can people find you? I've talked about your TikTok, um, like this entire episode. So everyone needs to go follow your TikTok. Where can they find you? It's uh, Julie Anderson four, two, six, and there are spam accounts out there. And so just find the one that isn't the spam account. I have a, I changed my profile pic to a potato. So uh, just to emphasize how much I don't give a fuck about social media. <laughs> I hope to How's find that? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I relate to your potato picture so much. <laughs> uh, do you want people to be able to find you other places or no? Uh, I mean, they can, I, you could find me on Instagram or YouTube. You could find it through TikTok. I don't care. It's like whatever, you know, people feel like they're doing, but, um, yeah, whatever. It's just, it's just been so disgusting having to solicit for business being like, follow me. So I'm still, I'm like, just do what you want to do. If you want to find me, that's cool. And, and if not, 
no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, I am so excited for people to hear your episode. I know that people are going to relate to you and they're going to love your story and just love you the way that I have grown to love you since the end of December when you started posting about this stuff. Um, But also, if you haven't realized yet, Julie also makes really funny Gen X content. And they're just, I was telling her before we started recording, there is not enough Gen X content in the world. So, um, oh my God, we got to get a sound bite of that. I want to make it a sound on TikTok. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) You just like made everybody, I'm going to do a cartwheel. (laughs) There really isn't. I, I, like I said, I'm a millennial, but there is not enough Gen X content and Gen Xers are fun and spunky and they have a whole like stereotypes category, just like we do. That is fun to explore and to see portrayed and to relate to um because I think a lot of millennials like you know we look up to Gen Xers but we don't really realize that they're labeled Gen X so um (laughs) it's fun to like relate I'm like oh my gosh yeah I remember a Gen Xer that did that or like (laughs) oh I'm a millennial but I definitely do that like you know you just relate (laughs) to Gen X stuff so um I'll tell you you are you are my favorite millennial (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well you know I don't know if you saw this but as a millennial I'm extremely upset because I found out that we're not going to be able to have avocados anymore because we're we're not going to be able to buy them from Mexico so the prices of avocados is going to skyrocket because we're only going to be able to get them from California (laughs) So oh my goodness. Mm. I'm just so excited because I think this means I'm going to be able to pay off my student loans now that I'm out <laughs> <avocado> toast. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um, I don't even like I eat avocados like at a restaurant or something, but I don't buy avocados. So. <laughs> but like it must be true because yeah. <laughs> I'm a millennial and that's obviously what I spend my money on. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, not student debt, not yeah, yeah not exactly. trying to like get a house or anything like that. No, no it's got to be avocados. It's that's avocados. The, that's the narrative by the boomers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's avocados for sure. It's an avocado. Um. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today and for hanging out with us. Um, if you like this episode, please be feel free to share it, rate the podcast with five stars, um, nothing less. <laughs> and because um, you know, I like to live in my echo chamber of awesomeness. <laughs> and um, yeah, let us know what you think and have a fantastic day. Bye, guys.